Hello, Fempreneurs. I'm excited to introduce you to Janine. She is the owner of two awesome local Calgary businesses, and I'm excited for her to be able to share with you some of the things that have helped her grow these two massive successful businesses. Good to see you. Yes, you too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for doing this. So um, let's jump right in. Where are you from? And like, tell us how you became an entrepreneur. Oh my goodness, I feel like that's such a loaded question. Um, honestly, it was a whole bunch of failures that put me on the path to where I am. Um, I've always been- Do tell. Of, yeah, right? I mean, failing forward, isn't that what we, we're all doing? I feel like yeah. we're all just kind of trying to find our footsteps and where we're going. And um, like we meet people that we're supposed to and we end up where we are for a certain reason. And yeah. even you and I crossing paths has been amazing. Yes. But sorry, to answer your question, I'm from Sylvan Lake. Okay. And how I got on the path of doing what I'm doing um, is kind of serendipitous, really. I, um, I started out as, I think, any person coming out of high school, looking to go to college and find something that would pay really well. And um, I ended up going to college for the sciences. And I was there for about a year. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I'm like, why am I here? What am I getting into? Where am I going? And I didn't really have much direction. So a little bit of fear, I think, kind of stopped me from pursuing that further. And I ended up dropping out. And it took a year off and I went landscaping, of all things. Good for you. How, <laughs> was that hard? Like, did you have pressure from your family or anyone when you were about to drop out where you felt almost like you should stay because of someone other than yourself? I did for, yeah, I would say that that was definitely there. For sure that was there. Um, but my family was also very supportive in other ways too. I was in the middle of competing in figure competitions. So like, I don't know if everyone's familiar with that, but would be on stage in a bikini in front of hundreds yeah. of people and having them judge you on what you look like yeah. and, and trying to pursue something that I didn't even know what I was working towards. And it was just a lot all at once. So I actually, like I said, I ended up dropping out. And then a year later, after landscaping for a year, I decided to go back and okay. I went back for business. And it was not what I expected it to be. So what was like, what, so during that year, you figured out somehow that you wanted to go into business? Like, what was, is there a story? Is there a person? There's what was the influence behind that decision to go back to school? Yeah. So um, I ended up getting into the business degree at Richard College. And like I said, it was just not what I expected. And I was actually kind of bored. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm learning anything. I feel like I just need to get out there and be hands on and just do the thing. And your dad is kind of a serial entrepreneur. I feel yeah, like is I that... both my parents are both so your parents. My mom so kind of grew up around that then. Yeah, so my, my parents, when they were together when I was young, had yeah. an embroidery and silkscreen business. Okay. And they did hats and jerseys and sweaters and for hockey teams yeah. and a whole bunch of oil field businesses um, in yeah. central Alberta. Okay. And um, they ended up splitting when I was young, but both went off to still go do their own thing. Yeah. So my dad's been, he's owned oil field companies and he kind of manages his own stocks now and just, always, yeah, always done his own thing. Yeah. Um, and very much supported me in doing my own thing too. Okay. They definitely push for education. They're like, go do that. Cause then you have something to fall back on if this doesn't right. work out and all that stuff. But, but neither of them went to business school. I suspect. No, they just and, became business owners cause they figured it out. Right. Yeah. And their own roundabout <laughs> way, you know, like, nice. Yeah. It's, it was pretty amazing actually to see what they've done and where they've ended up. Cool. But, um, yeah, so I didn't finish business school either. Yeah, you're slugging yeah. along and you're like, wait a minute, do I really need to do this or should I just go start a business? <laughs> do I really need to be here? I'm like, what am I actually, what am I actually taking in? What am I learning? And like I said, it was serendipitous what, what happened. So when I was competing in these bodybuilding shows, my type A perfectionist personality kind of came in and I ended up pushing my body way too hard like okay. way too hard. 
And at the ripe young age of 21, I had pretty much pushed my body into menopause. Wow. So my thyroid was shot, my adrenals were shutting down, my ovaries were not working. I didn't have a menstrual cycle for two years. And every doctor I went to go see was like, you're young, you're 21, like go home, you're fine. Really? Yeah. Like it'll figure itself out. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, pretty much. Went to holistic practitioner. Well, I went to a whole bunch of doctors for um, like blood samples and I had sent away hair samples and um, had blood analysis done and had seen a whole bunch of different holistic practitioners. And I would say the holistic practitioners were more, more looking at the root cause of it instead of just the symptoms and going, okay, something's not right. Like you're young you should still be having a cycle. You should still have these normal functions and levels in your hormones and they're just not there. So what's going Mm -hmm. on? Yeah. And, um, in the process of all of this happening, my, my hair was falling out and breaking off. Um, I was gaining weight rapidly and it was just, it was a whole bunch of things, but, um, a lot of it was just metabolic downturn. My body was mad at me. It was angry at me. I wasn't listening to it. And this was it screaming at me going, you need to pay attention. Like you need to listen to me. Yeah. And I wasn't listening. Mm. So where it, where it all started was my hair falling out and breaking off. And um, when I ended up leaving business school, I was like, I need to do something where I'm going to be of service, where I'm going to be helping. What do I have to offer? Like, what can I do? And um, I decided to jump into doing hair extensions. I was right. like, well, I'll, I'll learn that. It'll help women that are in the same boat as me, um, give them some confidence. Cause I know what it's like to have your security blanket, not there anymore. Yeah, My hair is a totally. total security blanket for me. It had long, beautiful hair and then it just wasn't there. And it, it was, it was a massive reality check at a really young age going, I can't control everything. Like the one thing I thought I could control, which was my body, I had no control over it anymore. And it was the universe popping in going, hey, you need, you need to start paying attention. We're trying to talk to you. We're trying to tell you something. You're not mm-hmm. listening to us. And what you resist, it's going to persist. It's going to keep getting worse if you don't start paying attention. Mm-hmm. And it started physically manifesting. So got into doing hair extensions, which led me to lash extensions, which led me to makeup artistry, which led me to eventually building a giant team and having anywhere from eight to 16 artists working with me backstage at the bodybuilding competitions. Wow. It was a wild ride. Like I never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing and it, it just kind of happened. Yeah. So you found yourself in, in a world where you didn't necessarily want to participate in it the same way that you had, but you saw a need and you understood these people and what they need and you built something for all of these people. That's yeah. so cool. So you were just like, you know, you were in a place and you looked around and were like, oh, I could do this and it would be awesome and I would love it and it would make great money and why not? Yeah, it, it was and, like, well, I'm not in a position where I can actually step on stage and compete like I used to. My body's not there. And it took a lot of emotional repair, mental repair, spiritual repair, all of those things to even just move past that point. But then Mm. definitely looked at it and I was like, hmm, there's a hole here. Yeah. There's not many people that are backstage helping these girls out. And I know the amount of dedication and effort that it takes to step on stage and how stressful show day is. How can, again, how can I be of service? How can I help? Right. And um, that's, that's really where it stemmed from was me having my own traumas and going, how can I turn this trauma into something really creative and beautiful? And, and yeah, then we got backstage and we got to make people's days. It was amazing. Okay, cool. Turn to us and go, you got me like you you guys are going to take care of me. You know what you're doing? Yeah. And put the stress off of them. Right. Yes. Okay. So now I'd like you to dive a little more into the kind of the tech side of it. Maybe you could call it or the, the behind the scenes setup steps of going from idea to having kind of that storefront. I know you didn't have a physical storefront the minute you decided to start a business, but 
how did you go from idea to an actual business? Like what steps did you take? Did you, how soon did you build a website? Did you have teammates right off the bat? Like what, what were those steps? Because this is of course the, the Fempreneur marketing podcast. So we want to know everything that Fempreneurs are wondering as they're listening to you share your story about how did she go from realizing there was a need to actually starting the business? Um, like I said, in the beginning, a lot of it was failing along the way. So um, when, when I first stepped into doing makeup, there was a local photographer that was, that was shooting and um, she actually reached out to me. I was putting up some pictures on Instagram and doing some before and after shots and she reached out to me and she was like, well, hey, I'm looking for someone that can help with my photo shoots. Would you be interested in coming along and helping out? And at this point it was like, I didn't feel even qualified enough to charge. So yeah, sure, I'll come help. And I ended up doing some um, clients for her for some of her shoots and she never called me back. And instantly I was like, oh my gosh, do I suck? Like, am I not good? And I ended up messaging her and just inquiring like, hey, did, did I do something wrong? Did you not like something? Is there something I could do better? And she never replied to me. Wow. So I took that and I was like, I need to take this and use this as fuel because yeah. like it's, it's just a learning curve. It's just a learning hump. Like it, we got to get past it. And, um, I practiced and practiced and practiced and she ended up calling me a year later and was like, Hey, I've been seeing what you're doing. Do you want to come back? How did you handle that? I was like, actually, yeah, I do. I want to, I want to show you what I can do. I love to take this and like, yeah, let's run with it. So I ended up going back and working with her and, and we traveled all over Canada and the U.S. for the next five years together, shooting for shows, shooting for magazines, and it, wow. was, it was incredible. I don't think I really answered your question, though. Um, as far well, as I think it sounds like you got invited into an existing business to kind of be an assistant, and you got to learn just on the job, and you weren't even concerned with making money in the beginning. You were just concerned with being good at what you were doing, which I think is so cool. Yeah, that's totally where it stemmed from. And then as far as like the shows went, um, again, it was, I think what really fueled it was the people that um, it was networking, it was connecting, yeah. it was doing things like this and, yeah. and seeing who resonated and who didn't. And I ended up thankfully being connected with a lot of really incredible, powerful women that were mm. great at their craft. And we, we came together and and I couldn't have done it without them, you know, like mm -hmm. without having them and really supportive family and friends around, it wouldn't have happened. I think, I think to answer your question is how did I get from point A to point B would be empowerment. I mm -hmm. felt empowered to take that step. And without having that support behind me, I never would have got to where I am. So mm -hmm. um, having a lot of gratitude and, and just recognizing that we're not meant to do it alone mm -hmm. is a massive um, key in all of it. Right. And what might not look like an opportunity, um, don't discount it right away because it could be the door that opens up for you to do everything that you wanted to, to do. You just didn't know. So mm -hmm. unless you're willing to take that risk and take that step forward and understand that there's a possibility that you could fail, Mm -hmm. um, then you're, you're probably not going to reach the destination that you need to go to because there's always going to be uncertainty there. Yeah. So you have to try. Yeah. So that must have been a hard, I want to come back to when you, when you reached out to this person that you had worked with and you were like, yo, haven't heard from you in a while. And it's, did I do something wrong? Like, how did you, how, like a lot of people would have, I feel like a lot of people would have quit or would have taken a break and went in a different direction and maybe would have labeled that as rejection or as a sign that they shouldn't move forward. Like, how did you move through that? I totally felt rejected, like for sure. It definitely played on me. I was like, oh my goodness, I suck. Like I shouldn't be doing this. Like I, I'm, I just must be horrible at it. Who, who else is going to want to hire me? And I think it was, it was more so the amount of self self work that I had done and yeah. I really had to start to shift that narrative and shift my perspective and go, okay, wait though. Everyone starts somewhere and I'm not going to be the best of the best right off the get go. So yeah, this is a, a massive 
it feels like a massive rejection and it really hurts, mm -hmm. but I need to see this in a different light. Mm -hmm. Like I need to understand um, how I can be better. And that's with yeah. anything, right? Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. not maybe great at this right now. So how can I get to the point where I am? Were you able to reach out to any of the people directly that you had worked with in that phase? Like, were you able to go to the actual person that you worked on and say, hey, you know, I did your hair, I did your makeup, can I get your feedback? Like, like I'm just kind of wondering who pointed you or who helped you through that phase? Encourage, because you must have had some sort of encouragement or was it all just inward? A lot of you it. You reflected. I don't want to say that there wasn't anybody. I mean, it was it was quite a long time ago. So if there's anyone specific, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint it. Right okay. Now. Um, I think a lot of it though, it did stem, stem from inside and, and understanding that the things that happen outside of us aren't necessarily a reflection of us mm -hmm. all of the time, you know, like a lot of the things that happen outside of us, it's like, Oh, well that person's going through something or that person's right. this way. And I can't yeah. personally. And okay. I can't, that they hate it because they're not responding because that's yeah. not right. so I really just need to stay in my own lane and do my own thing and the people that are meant to find me and the people that are meant to cross paths with me they eventually will yeah okay so I think maybe part of it is just without me knowing at the time was um putting that energy out there and and trusting in the universe as woo woo as that might sound to some people no um, no not at all I don't think to this crowd at all okay <laughs> And, and yeah, just understanding that like what we put out there and um, the feeling that we're going after is there for us as long as we're open enough to allow that to come in. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, okay. Yeah, I could, I could keep talking about that forever, but let's, let's move on to, I could keep asking you a bajillion questions that are popping into my head, but I'm going to rein myself in here and keep moving through your story. So what I'm curious about is because I, I don't know a lot about you and, and I definitely did that on purpose. Like I had a million questions for you the first time we talked. I was like, let's do this on Instagram live and put it on the podcast. And so thank you for being willing to do this and for trusting me to just hammer you with questions. And as you know, one of the questions on the list is, you know, what's one of the greatest challenges that you've had to overcome in building your business? So I just want to kind of leave that with you. I'm not sure if that would be that kind of um time when that person went dark and didn't give you any explanations maybe that's the greatest challenge maybe there's others but like let us know because you eventually did open actual st an actual storefront right I did yeah so I had a studio in Red okay. for almost three years and then we ended up closing the doors right before COVID which was heartbreaking okay. but at the same time yeah. blessing as many people would know yeah um so we didn't end up moving into a location um and that was with I started it with a business partner. Unfortunately, that went a little south. We had different ways of um, relating to people and how we wanted to handle the business and it just didn't mesh. So um, I ended up going off on my own and she ended up going off on her own. And again, we had people that resonated with us that ended up, some followed her, some followed me and we mm -hmm. just did our own thing. Cool. So you did on the road, kind of strictly mobile for five years. And then at the end of that five years, that's when you became kind of more focused in one location, have people come to you more or were you still yeah. doing mobile? Um, we weren't mobile as much. We were, we were on the road some weekends for shows, but for the most part, all the clients were coming to our storefront and then we closed down and I ended up back at home, which I'm so grateful to be here yeah. um, and such a blessing. But um, yeah, I, I actually, I did want to answer your question. Okay. About the the biggest challenge and I will say my biggest challenge with staying in business has um been understanding that nothing's perfect mm -hmm. and I'm such a perfectionist at heart like it's my kryptonite you know I'm like oh this needs to be perfect and um imposter syndrome comes in so many times when I'm like I'm ready to launch I'm ready to do this I'm ready to put this out to the world but it's not perfect enough it's not good enough yet mm -hmm. And it's held me back in so many ways, but it's also launched me forward in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Because if I wasn't as diligent and meticulous and detailed as I am at my job, um, people wouldn't want to work with me. Right. So it's kind of like this catch-22 um, and, and finding the balance in um, sometimes things are just good enough. 
mm-hmm. has, has been what's moved me forward faster. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm satisfied with this. It's not perfect, but I understand it's a work. It's a, it's a, it's a work in progress. It's, it's art. There's going to be, yeah. there's going to be things right. that you hit and you need to find your way past them along the way. And I think that's what honestly has kept me in business because if I had to make everything perfect, I wouldn't be in business. Right. So yeah, understanding that not everything is going to be just the way you want it all the time. Okay. So it's, it's, it's almost like many challenges that keep resurfacing in the form of perfectionism that you're just always having to reset and go back to that done is better than perfect mantra and just keep going. So, and I, and I imagine there's like, I, I did hair, only hair. I was a mobile hairdresser in Grand Prairie for eight and a half years. Yeah. So I still do a little bit of hair out here in Cochrane, but like, I do remember sometimes feeling like I couldn't quite get it the way I wanted it, but I was like, I had such a good relationship with my clients that I knew if they were unhappy with it, they would just like be like, Hey, can we like maybe change this up a little bit? I feel like this isn't quite what I wanted. And as a new hairdresser, that used to just gut me. I used to just be like, well, we, I tie, suck. we tie so much of ourselves into our work. Right. And it's yeah. like, it's like, it's almost like we attach our identity to it. It's like, that is me. I'm yeah. the makeup artist or yeah. I mean the owner of the worthy wick my whole everything gets put into that and as soon as yeah. someone criticizes it it's like oh my gosh yeah full crushing like I disappointed yeah. someone yeah and because it's attached to us it it's like a direct attack on like our our yes. yeah it's understanding that no it's really not that like some people just have different preferences and right I hear you though. I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. And, and it's so, yeah, that perfectionism thing, I think the longer you stay in your craft, the, the easier it is to say, you know, to yourself in your head, like, I'm okay with letting this client walk out the door. or I'm okay with walking out their door and you know, taking their money and saying, see you next time, knowing that we have a great relationship and that if they feel it's not good enough, that they're comfortable saying to me, Hey, could you fix this little thing? Or next time they get whatever done, they're like, Hey, can we do that a little different? It was fine, but I feel like it could be a little better. Like it just, I think it's just, um, it's a maturity thing too. And it sounds like you, you developed it a lot sooner than I did (laughs) and that a lot of people in the beauty industry did. So that's awesome. Um, but I do think you're right. Like perfectionism is the biggest challenge that every fempreneur faces. And I think we all, um, really need to be reminded of that. So thank you for telling those stories that you've told about, you know, growing your business. Um, and at any point, like jump back to specific stories or specific examples of challenges, um, as we continue on, but I'd like you to explain how you have now this other business that's hugely successful and amazing and has literally taken over your house based on what you told me last time we talked. I I literally sold my couch. So yeah. (laughs) Tell us more. Tell us more. It has taken over actually my homing floor. Um, Again, it was right before COVID or the C word. I don't even know if I could say that the vid. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. Um, it was right before that hit that all of this was kind of coming to fruition. So I was going through another portion in my life that was kind of a lull. And, um, I ended up heading to Sedona of all places, like one of the most magical spiritual places you can ever visit. And, um, it hit me there. I was like, I need, I need to be doing something that I'm not expending my energy one-on-one with someone. I need to be expending my creativity and my energy in a way that I can affect way more people at once. Yeah. And um, the Worthy Wick hit. I was like, so what oh. is the Worthy Wick? The Worthy Wick is my candle company. Okay. So it stemmed from trying to find a creative way to invite people in to explore their shadows. And what better, better way than a candle? Wow. I seen it and I I seen, I seen it like visually I'm talking like I seen it. I was like, I love candles. That's the one thing that I can sit with and feel calm and have my own space and just be with myself and not be judged. I have this beautiful container to be in and just learn to be with me. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for a lot of us to do. That's hard for a lot of us to sit with ourselves and have, 
negative thoughts come up or we realize something that's not that great about us and having to sit there and and face it and work through it and then learn to let it go is super Mm -hmm. intimidating Mm -hmm. so I wanted to find a way a a gentle invitation to welcome people in and and go you can do it too like it doesn't need to be scary it can be soft and it can be at your own pace Mm -hmm. and and this just seemed like the perfect way to do it so um in comes 2020 and (laughs) also still stuck in that perfectionistic state of these aren't ready to go I can't do this yet so I spent another eight nine months just doing research and developing and going through different suppliers and trying out different blends and going with different waxes and different wicks and I want to say I I I did jump into it really knowing nothing thinking this is going to be a breeze like who can't make candles I'm going to have candles out in three months this is going to be awesome and it turned into over a year-long endeavor just learning as I went right and as much um heart that has gone into this there's been just as much chemistry and logic and everything behind the scenes yeah so (laughs) I thought I I could just do it in my kitchen I'm like oh I'll just yeah I'll just start it in my kitchen and it'll be fine and before I knew it I had boxes of jars and wicks and wax and oils and all the things all over my house (laughs) and I'm like oh my goodness my whole main floor is gone. Like I need to get rid of my couch so I can start making room for this stuff. And I'm literally sitting in my like workspace right now. Yeah. Um, we're in that like um, crossroads point of, do I look at getting a warehouse? Yeah. Or do I just keep doing what I'm doing until we're actually at like a breaking point? Right. Right. So that's um, a shorter version of the long version of the story. But um, yeah, so. So how did you announce to, because like, I mean, it it sounds like you had a pretty solid group of Instagram followers and maybe Facebook friends and like online community slash real human, like real humans that you actually see in person. Like you had a pretty rock solid, huge community when you launched this candle company out there. So what was that kind of unveiling like? Like, how did you announce to the world, to the world, you know, (laughs) that I've decided to be creative in other ways and sometimes in my jammies at home by myself with no one around because I don't always want to be face-to-face with someone to be creative. Like, how did you tell that story or announce to the world that you were launching this? Do you remember that? Like, Literally the post. So I actually saved the video because I didn't want to forget um, what that moment was like, because it felt like such a big moment to launch something that you had worked on. I had worked on for so long and, um, it was honestly just being so vulnerable and not perfect with everybody and getting on and doing a story. And I was like, look guys, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. I've been working on it for this long. A lot of my heart has gone into it and I really want to share it with you. And, and people take to that, you know, they, they look at it and they're like, wow, she's being real. She's being raw. She's probably, I probably messed up all my words and, you know, and no one cares. Was it a live video or was it a video that you recorded and then posted? Well, actually, to be honest with you, I've never done a live. This is my first one. Okay. When you so, said that, I was like, I feel like everyone needs to know that this is her first live. This is my first one. Yeah. So no, it was just a, like, all, I'm not very tech savvy. Um, I definitely stumbled my way through that and I've had some amazing people helped me along the way, but uh, was just recording. Cool. And posted it out in a series of really choppy, really unedited, very non-structured um, videos. And yeah, yeah, just I just let the world know, and I spoke from my heart, kind of like. What were, were you doing? showing them the candles as you were speaking, and like showing, or were well, you just talking? I was just talking. Okay. Yeah, I was just talking. I cool. had um, a friend at the time take some pictures, and I ended up posting pictures and. Um, I had just launched my Shopify store that day. So if anyone's looking to set up an online store, I will say, and I will advocate for this, Shopify is incredible. And it's so user-friendly. Like I said, I'm not tech-orientated at all. And I had a store set up within a week or two. 
That's awesome. I would love to have you speak. Actually, um, we're doing the, oh, I have it on my calendar here, the second annual leadership and marketing conference for fempreneurs on April 20th. It's virtual. Okay. And I would love to have you do like a 30 minute session or 45 minutes of walking people through how to actually start a Shopify store, like maybe just sharing your screen oh and starting goodness. a dummy account or something. Like I would these. love to have you do that. Look at all these opportunities. That's crazy. Yeah. I never thought I'd be doing that either, but you know, I, I got a full body. Yes. So I'll, yeah, sure. I will do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. I'll, I'll bug you about that more here in the coming days and get you into the get you into the speaker lineup for that. Cause I think that's a really cool thing that we didn't have last year. And I've set up a Shopify account before too. Um, and I, I, I think it's awesome. So I would love to have you share that with others. So you had been, you know, the mad chemist in your house for a while. You've been playing with recipes. You've been playing with maybe packaging. You had your Shopify store set up and then you were like, Hey everybody, here it is. Is that kind of or like, you, you kind of built it and then announced it or were you taking anyone behind the scenes as you were getting to that day when you posted that video or it was like full on secret? One, the only one who was really behind the scenes with me was my graphic designer who's also, okay. out of, she's out of Calgary. Her name's okay. Ash Ahern and um, she has fluid branding. They okay. just, they just rebranded. So yeah, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure they changed it to fluid branding. It used to be Mecca. But okay. she was kind of like my go-to person aside from my family and my friends that were, that had my back along the entire, like the entire time. Um, so she was involved with, she was amazing. She's like, what's the feel? What's the reason? Like, what do you want to show people? And yes. how do you want people to feel when they come in contact with your brand? And she was the mastermind behind our, our entire branding scheme. She nice. was incredible. She's like, do you want to do light and airy? Like, is this supposed to be light and uplifting? I'm like, well, yeah, but it's a, it's kind of, it's kind of dark. Like I kind of want yeah. to do a movie. It's, it's. Yeah. The whole shadows thing. And like that grounding feel, I think that candles give you of like being in the moment. For sure. Like, so that's cool that she had all those, those really, really, um, I don't know, like clear, concise questions to ask you to help yeah. you develop that yeah. brand. That's really cool. She gave, she basically gave me like a therapeutic list of questions that I needed to answer in order for her to get to know me that well. So wow. it was like, what's your background? What are you after? What's your vision? What's your mis mission? What's your mission statement? What's your colors? What's the feel of it? What, like, it was, it was a, a booklet that yeah. she could fill out so she could understand exactly what I was after. Cause I mean, there's wow. nothing worse than feeling like you're a fish out of water trying to please somebody and then having absolutely no direction in where to go. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. She was amazing. So when it came to like figuring out your pricing, like how am I going to price these candles and how, like, what's my profit margin? Like, was that a big hang up for you or was that just super easy peasy? Yeah. Do some math done. No, that, that was massive for me. And here's what I've learned along the way is that with price setting, there comes a ton of personal boundaries. And mm. um, in my previous work in the aesthetics world, I've always, always, always had a hard time asking for money. Always. Not because I don't think I'm good at what I do, but because I feel, I felt so fulfilled when someone would leave my room that I was like, I don't deserve to get paid for this. It was like a worthiness. Wow right? It, it all stemmed back to that. It was like, why do I deserve to be paid for something when I already feel full? Oh, okay. And then I had to understand, no, 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 wait, like you still need to pay your bills. Like you still, <laughs> you still need to get paid for the services. How, how do we, how do we set this? And how do we feel okay with accepting something from somebody else? Again, yeah. on more internal work. Um, yeah. And then it, it fell into candles as well. Um, so pricing, how we priced them, I was like, it was hard for me, but it was, it, it went into how much time am I spending? How my time is valuable right. and just like anybody else's, but my time is valuable. So it needs to be priced as such. And this isn't a full-time thing. This is a passion project for me. This is something that I'm doing on the side. And this is my extra time, my spare time. That's supposed to be me time that I'm putting into this. Mm -hmm. So not only does it need to, cover the supplies but it needs to cover the time that i could go spend doing something else yeah 
So really taking that into consideration and again, and not cheaping out on our products either. So mm -hmm. our baseline yeah. cost is I think quite a bit higher than some other companies could be. Right. Um, but yeah, for me, it was, it was understanding um, why I felt I couldn't ask for money before we launched and mm -hmm. then understanding why I did deserve why I was worthy enough to receive the amount I was asking for. Yeah. And yeah. What purpose it gave to other people. Yeah. And as we've grown, it's been not an issue. I mean, people see the value in it. And yeah. if they don't see the value in it, take it or leave it. Right. It's one of those. Things. Right. If it serves it's you. It's not for everyone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but that's the beauty of it too. Exactly. Okay, cool. So for those who are just joining now, um, Janine's talking about her transition from purely being in the beauty industry to also having a candle company called The Worthy Wick. Where can people find your products? Um, so we are on Shopify. We have a website. The website is www.theworthywick.com. Um, cool. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as yeah. The Worthy Wick. So okay yeah we're always looking we're looking for followers um i would love to give everyone who's joined today um and anyone else who knows anyone who would benefit from this yeah. um, opportunity to take advantage of the discount so cool. anyone who follows the page click follow send me a private message and i'll send you a discount code to use on our website nice. um, and also another thing i kind of wanted to put out there for anyone listening is we are looking for other locations to to provide right. yeah. um, the candles to specifically in Edmonton and Calgary. Okay. So if anyone knows of a shop that would resonate with us or a little boutique or a store that would um, yeah. be served by these, then please mm -hmm. let me know. Um, I'm not out there actively searching. Like I said, I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that I'm open and whatever crosses my path and comes in, right. I don't whether it's an alignment or not. Um, yeah. So open to suggestions if anyone knows of any places that would benefit from having us in their stores. Cool. So are you still doing all of the candle production like right in your home? And like, do you have a team? Like, do you do like a production day once a month and have a, like a team come in or like, tell us more <laughs> yeah. about how this actual production piece has grown from day one to the video day to now, like, how are you doing? Like, what have you learned about producing a physical product? That I need help. That <laughs> okay. I can't do it by myself. Okay. Um, that's the, that's the biggest takeaway is you can't do it alone. And from day one, like I said, it was a passion project. So I was, I just thought, yeah, I'll make some candles. I'll do it in my kitchen. Like I'll use my spare time, which meant weekends or mornings before I was with clients and it ended up growing so fast. Like I couldn't keep up. So I had my boyfriend in here and my mom in here and my dad in here. And there was, there was some nights that we were up till 3am trying to fill orders because we, we couldn't keep wow. up. So that turned into me again from having to just let go of the reins and understand that I can't control everything was ask for some help and have some people come in. So we turned it, my whole main floor of my house pretty much into a studio, um, sold the couch, got some workbenches in here, got some melting pots behind me. We have three of them that go full time. Um, and then we have a cooling station where all the candles sit and cure for a week. Uh, we have a finishing station where we finish the tops of our candles so they're nice and smooth and there's no air bubbles trapped. And then we have a decorating and labeling station and then they sit I didn't prepare you for this, so absolutely say no if this isn't going to work. But would you be okay with actually grabbing your phone and showing us like your setup and like even showing <laughs> us the right physical now. candles? Not right it's now. A okay. A little bit of a disaster. We're just okay. In the no worries. And having like a big shipment come in, but if we do another, okay. one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, um, we should definitely do a tour of your little workshop sure. there. I think it's so cool. Yeah, my friends were calling it Santa's little workshop this Christmas. They're like, you have like Santa's little workshop in your house. Yeah, you're not wrong. All, yeah. my, all my square footage is taken up with something. But um, so yeah, to answer your question, I do have help. Um, cool. I have one girl who comes in two full days every week. So every Monday and every Tuesday, she works eight hour days to help me get through with labeling and finishing. And then cool. I actually hired my dad last month. Oh, he, he's like, he's a numbers whiz. And uh. he works from home. So he works with stocks and, and whatnot. Yeah. But he, he came to me and he goes, Jay, 
I can see how quickly this is, this is booming. Like, do you need help? And I'm kind of sitting there going like, yeah, but what are you going to help me with? He goes, well, I want to understand how it works. Like, show me what you need. Show me what you're spending money on. Show me what, like, the process I want to know so I can help. And he comes in two days a week and he helps me pour. Okay. So he's kind of, he's learning the inner workings and I'm not super good with budgets. Like that's not my forte. My forte yeah. is in with the creative ideas and bringing them to life. Yeah. But on the back end of things, like I'm not that great with money. Yeah. I, so I, does he come in and like, has he changed the way you're doing things now that he's seen the inner workings? Like, has he already tweaked some things? Uh, yeah, big time. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's very like, um, very masculine. So very in his logical brain all the time. How can we speed this up? How can we get production? How can we make it cool. faster? Well, so nice. quality. And I went from pouring 40 candles a day because we pour all of our candles by hand to pouring 180. Whoa. Thanks, oh, yeah. Dad. He came in and changed how everything works. And wow. Amazing. Yeah. It's been awesome. That is really cool. And you managed, so you didn't have to put out ads on indeed. Like you've never hired complete strangers that have applied for the job with you. You've just had people come into your world and you're like, okay, I think that's a fit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That just serendipitously people will cross my path and, and cool. you know, you feel into it and you, would you be a good fit? Mm, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I pose the opportunity to someone and been like, Hey, I really like your energy. Like, like these candles are all based around energy. So if yeah. someone's, if you're not in a good space or I don't think that you would bring something positive to the table, then I don't really want you around them. Yeah. <laughs> but no um, yeah, I asked quite a few people and, and there's definitely more people on board with it as we get busier. So that's a huge blessing. Um, but yeah, people have just crossed my path that I think are meant to cross my path and, and we go from yeah. there. So one thing that I'm asking you um, now is uh, maybe going to help out some people watching who are wanting to start up a physical product business that needs some sort of packaging. Like, um, for example, my boyfriend has a restaurant. He's looking at maybe packaging some of the, the sauces, like his signature sauces. So we need some sort of bottles and he doesn't want jars. He wants like squeezy bottles. But anyways, even if someone was looking for jars, like how did you go from like, I want to start a candle business to finding the actual packaging that you were looking for. Oh, goodness. That was hours and hours of researching and price comparing. And um, I mean, again, I'm not I'm not super savvy with that stuff. Because when I get an idea in my brain, I'll literally spend the money and just make it happen. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, as long as I'm covering my costs, I'm good. And I constantly need to be reminded by outside people that I need to make money doing the thing I'm doing. So um, I asked for help again. I was like, you're good with finding things online. You're good with money. Can you guys go find jars? Can you guys find companies that are going to supply us quick? Can... So it was um, my boyfriend and my dad that really stepped in and they did a lot of research um, on companies within Canada. I wanted to keep it within Canada, yeah. but also overseas. So they're on Alibaba and DHgate and eBay and all those places, which I mean, in the end, you're probably going to get better price points because they expect you to order in bulk. Yeah. Um, but local here and I like, I don't mind giving away where I get my things from, if it yeah. below, but I get my jars from Uline. Okay. And they're an awesome supplier there. They have warehouses in um, Edmonton, Calgary, like all over Alberta. And typically I'll get my um, jars overnight. So wow, quick. So anyone looking for bottles or jars or boxes or bags mm. or anything like that, Uline has been my go-to. Okay. Um, and they've been, they've been. Amazing. Do they customize the packaging for you, or are they just sending you the jars? Um, I just get blank jars, like they're just glass jars. Um, any any packaging I had I had done, and I had it done overseas. Okay. Um, and Ash Ahern, the girl that I had mentioned before with fluid branding yeah. she did all the package design all the labeling nice. all that stuff so there's so wow. many people involved you know like mm -hmm. I never realized how many points of contact there needed to be in order to make it actually flow wow. but it, when it came to packaging when it came to outsourcing stuff I was like 
I don't know what to do. Like, I yeah. Need some so, so you're branding uh, girl Ash, Ashley? Ash, yeah. Ash. So she was really good about helping you find the actual like printing companies and packaging companies, or was that more of like your dad? Um, <laughs> yeah, dad, boyfriend. And like I said, I spent countless hours online. Just I'd plug in onto Google, like clear glass jars. Yeah. And then uh, clear nine ounce jars, clear 16 ounce jars, and would okay. write down all of these websites, write down all the price points. And okay. then what I would do is I would go make um, like a prospective order, put yeah. it in my shopping cart, go to checkout. And then most places will give you an estimated shipping amount mm -hmm. when you go to checkout. And everywhere is different. It depends where it's coming from and it depends on okay. how the packages are. Yeah. So I would just go do price comparisons with the shipping and where they were coming from and, and see what would be most cost effective. Right. Have you ever thought of, of taking your, your, your now, you know, uh, veteran ability to produce products into the beauty industry? Like have you, or do you already have some, some products that you're producing for the beauty side of your business? I don't. Um, I, I thought about getting into lashes, doing strip lashes and whatnot, but my heart's not there the same way that it used mm. to be. Yeah. Um, being it, and this is another thing, maybe you went through the same thing. Um, I kind of struggled in the beauty industry. Yeah. Um, and again, had to really shift my perspective. So I was like, Oh man, people they they just want to come in and it's all about their outside appearance. And that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on the inside. Right. And again, shifted my perspective. And I was like, wait, I'm serving a purpose here because people come to me because they feel good when they're here and then they feel better after they leave. So yeah. regardless of honestly, I probably could have been the worst makeup artist in the world and people would have left feeling their best because of the, the interaction. That's what it's about. It's about the relationship, yeah. the interaction yeah. and what you leave each other with. Mm -hmm. So I thought about doing it, the product side of things, but it wasn't a full body yes. And I, I don't think I would be my best at it because yeah. I wouldn't have my whole heart there. Yeah. Cool. My, it's so good whole, to hear you say that. Yeah. My whole, yeah. My whole heart is here right now. Um, nice. and, and kind of shifting in some other directions too. So the beauty industry will always have a piece of my heart, but I couldn't put my whole heart in it to make it um, happen the way that we did with this. Right on. Make sure your heart is in it, because if it's not in it, it, it won't happen. You know, right. everything's yeah. going to drive. Mind, body, body, soul, if, if you don't got one in there, it's a three-legged stool. Yes. Yes. So wise. Okay. So now I just want to ask you one final question um, and then we'll wrap it up. So I'm curious to know how your time is being divided like today versus like two or three years ago. Are you leaning a little bit away from the beauty business and kind of more, um, and are you leaning a bit away from the beauty business and more into your candle company because that's feeling right for you or how, how does your time look these days between yeah, the two businesses? So um, as of this year, the beginning, beginning of this year, um, I decided to basically cut my time with my beauty company in half. Um, I work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, a normal eight hour day. And like I said, we're kind of at a crossroads. So the beauty industry stuff keeps me afloat, pays the bills, does that stuff. Yeah. I, get my, I get my full bucket for my one-on-one -on -one interactions with people. And then my Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, my screen's dying. Um, that's all dedicated to the Worthy Wick. So that's our marketing, okay. our photos, our candle finishing, our labels, how we can refine our process, all that stuff. What locations want to carry us? Are we, um, how much inventory are we carrying? Like I'm having to learn more about budgeting and boundaries with my budget or else I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, you like, you don't, you don't move forward, right? If you're just constantly. Yeah. So um, educating myself on that and then any free time I have, um, I'm investing back into myself. Um, I'm looking at taking a mentorship program with Kelsey Grant. Go check her page out. She's incredible. Um, okay. At how to, how to be fully embodied with what you're doing. Um, and a lot of emotional work and um, maybe possibly moving into some sort of coaching program and integrating the candles in, the, in that way. So, so you would be launching your own coaching program and teaching uh, entrepreneurs how to do a lot of the things that you've done? 
that and um, a lot of emotional work. So okay. with, with the Worthy Wick, we're an intention candle company. Um, our whole base is to encourage people to go deeper with themselves and to have a tool alongside them to help them work through those things. So okay. um, a lot of that is, again, it starts with ourselves, you know, like we, we create everything around us. And if we're, if we're not in alignment with where we're going, we're going to struggle to get there. So mm-hmm. how can we take our energy using these tools and get to where we need to go quicker? Yeah. And I think that like the candles are an amazing tool, but that's not where it ends. It's not a, a yeah. one, one size fits all or you do you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. It would be moving into a coaching space of um, coaching people how to work with their energy more effectively. Mm-hmm. And, and these would just be tools to help them along the way. Okay. And I think it's really neat too, how I I've, I've noticed this about a lot of entrepreneurs who have, kind of been grinding in a business, not that they hated the business or didn't like the business, but they've been working really hard and they, and they, they kind of master that craft and they feel like they're ready for something else. And then, and then they ultimately move into something that's super creative. That's just really about be, it's almost like being a little girl and sitting down at that table full of craft supplies and just going nuts and creating a way to do that more often in their life. And I feel like it's happening kind of like, mid to late thirties with a lot of women and some are later, some are, some are moving, um, moving into that phase a little later in life, but it's just so cool to hear your story about how you can take that excellent solid foundation that you've built in one business and easily invite those people to support you in another endeavor that is ultimately about supporting them and helping them. And you've done that. So thank you for sharing all these stories today with us. And I look forward to interviewing you again in the future um, to kind of get an update on where things are going. Cause it, it sounds like you're moving ahead so quickly and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot more things in the next, you know, few months that we can share in another episode. And I've got a list of things that I'm going to have in the show notes. Um, one is your branding girl, Ash, and then the, the company you get your jars from, uh, Kelsey Grant. I'm going to have links to all this stuff in the show notes on the podcast for everyone. So, um, yeah. Is there anything you want to leave everyone with Janine? Hmm. Hmm. I guess it would be what's meant for you will never pass you by. So mm. always be open to opportunity and don't be scared to fail. Um, failing wow. is going to be one of the most eye-opening experiences you can embrace if you're open to embracing it. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that would, cool. be, that would probably be it. Okay, well, I think that's the title for this episode on the podcast. So um, anyone who's just joining now and is not necessarily going to go back and watch the whole interview, but wants to hear all the the gold nuggets that Janine shared, um, this episode will be on the podcast before the end of the week, likely by tomorrow at the end of the day. And I'm so grateful for the universe bringing us together. Um, I look forward to learning more about you and having you speak at the Femprinters Conference on April 20th. Um, everyone can learn more about that at yycfemprinters.com. And yeah, excited to just see where the rest of this business journey uh, takes both of us and be able to share in the successes and the challenges together. So thank you. Thank you. I loved being here. Thank you for having me on.